Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the next episode of the Fantasy Football Bros. Today is Wednesday, October 17th, and apologize for not being able to cover it yesterday, but uh, if people have got other things to do other than do this. Uh, so going to go ahead and attack everything on a Wednesday evening after waiver wires. So the agenda here will be us recapping real quick what happened last week, uh, going into waiver wire pickups throughout the league. After that, doing a matchup preview. And lastly, we'll get to the uh, inbox full of voicemail. So very excited to get started uh, here with my co-host, Derek Randall. How's it going, Mark? It's going well. It's going well. So uh, this was pretty good week for both of us, right? Um Yes. I don't know if you want to kick us off here. Yeah, I thought you did a really good job putting up 190, although uh, a little disappointed, obviously, with Alfred Morris to close out the week. Absolutely. Um, the minute I sent out that text saying I was going for the record, I knew it was over. <laughs> <laughs> so shouldn't have said that. Um, but, yeah, I beat Nate by a solid 50 points. Uh, my team looked incredible, playing with absolute waiver wire scum again, uh, and it paid off. So that worked out well, and – and now I'm going to look over and Kuhar, he finally got that, that second win of his and um, Caleb takes a loss. <laughs> so yeah. our, our uh, foresight, if that's the word I'm looking for, it, uh, it was correct in seeing how Caleb has been on a losing streak here. Yeah, I think we're, you know, I think we were both in agreement that the league needed to price correct itself a little bit. So uh, Kuhar winning is no surprise. Uh, his team is certainly scrappy, and uh, I thought Jimmy could have possibly pulled off beating Andres there, but guess not. Although both of those teams, despite having decent records, I still don't have a whole lot of respect for. Uh, and then, you know, I feel bad for Carl in, our, in my matchup. Uh, just really, uh, you know, again, he had a good showing, 154 points, and my team just went off between Tyreek Hill and Melvin Gordon. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know. Carl, same, same, uh, same story, different week. You know, he's the fourth highest yeah. scoring team and gets beaten by this team that just goes nuts. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, don't really see him making the playoffs, but he could certainly play spoiler, the spoiler role. Uh, moving forward for the rest of the season. So, uh, and then, you know, pretty scrappy matchup between Dennison and Tackett as well. Uh, Tackett's team on a roll, but seems to certainly be coming back down to life a little bit, despite being undefeated, only putting up 135 points this week. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, looking straight across the board over at Jack, who I think it was a surprise to both of us that he's not the one that's undefeated. Um, but yeah, he his team right there with Tackett's only put up 139 points, suffered a few injuries there uh, in the form of Amari Cooper, but it was enough to beat out Lennon's 91 points for the weekly low. Yep, and uh, I mean, beating Lennon, I think we talked about this. I'm pretty sure we said Lennon had the worst team in the entire league. So uh, right now, record-wise – that doesn't really speak for for itself yet, but I think over time you'll probably see Lennon's team drop, and I can see Carl's team at least getting out of last place and, and passing Lennon's team up by the end of the season. 
Definitely, definitely. So let's go ahead and um, we wanted to introduce a new segment here considering we are a day afterwards and maybe we move this to Wednesday nights versus Tuesday for the sake of this. But uh, just do a little recap of the waiver wire uh, and what happened here this morning and coming off of waiver claims. So, uh, Derek, why don't we pull up just overall? Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. The waiver transactions for this morning. You know, and I think I think there is value to look at this and talk about it. And, you know, we've even talked about mm-hmm. this offline. It's something that's exciting to talk about. Uh, it's something that presents a lot of value when discussing your season-long leagues and really mapping out your strategy moving forward throughout the season. However, we never really wanted to expose ourselves uh, prior to waiver wire pickups on Wednesday morning. So it's something that we intentionally um, didn't want to self-inflict ourselves with, uh, for lack of, lack of a better way of saying. But So very excited to talk about this a little bit um, and just go through waiver wire transactions from week to week. Um, you know, if we don't uh, continue with Tuesdays and make this on Wednesdays. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, overall, though, what do you think about just, I mean, the waiver wire, I didn't think it was too great this week as far as the different pickups you can get. Um, right. You know, but there's certainly some, in my eyes, I thought there were a couple at least transactions here that pop out to me. Um, one of them, who is HIV positive? Uh, I think that's Nate. I don't, like. Yes. A lot of these abbreviations um, are interesting. Uh, I've got so just looking at it. So I'm not going to say this um, for this first transaction. The whoever dropped Royce Freeman and added Peyton Barber just for the sake of you know being PC on here. Um, but the next abbreviation is HIV positive. Uh, my abbreviation is DICK. The next one after that is KRP, so HIV positive, Dick, Carp, out. I don't really understand the out, I guess, just from your team name. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy is Jim, so those are all pretty interesting. Uh, I'd be curious to see if anyone gets more creative moving forward now that we've pointed that out. Right, and looking at the transactions themselves, so Lennon had the top priority. He dropped... Royce Freeman in favor of Peyton Barber. Um, so that's Lennon's that's, team. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that seems like a lateral move to me. I disagree. I think there's something to be said. And Peyton Barber, it, here's the thing. Ronald Jones hasn't shown anything. Uh, and, you know, I felt like last week was really his opportunity to shine. And they really didn't do anything with him. So it's still, in my eyes, it almost tells me that the coaching staff isn't sold on him as a player. And maybe there's even some friction in that front office between coaching staff and the front office uh, where they like Peyton Barber more than him. So, you know, I don't know. I I don't feel good about Ronald Jones moving forward. And I feel like Peyton Barber is going to get more, a little bit more workload. He's not necessarily a guy you can rely on, but um, I don't know. Shed some light with me on the Denver situation to convince me a little bit more that this is a lateral move because 
I don't know. It seems like Phil Lindsay certainly has has that role at this point. We're talking a full PPR league. We are, but Royce Freeman, he's a goal line back. Every time he's carried the ball, he looks explosive, um, a different kind of explosive than Lindsay, but still great yards per carry. And he's one injury to Philip Lindsay away from being an immediate RB2 with upside. True. Um, Peyton Barber, on the other hand, he had his best game of the season by far against the Atlanta Falcons, the worst run defense in the entire league. Um, and and they, can't, they can't stop pass-catching running backs either. And the most points for him came on a 20-yard touchdown pass. So – to me, it just stands out as an outlier. Like, yeah, he put up 18 points, but he did it against the absolute best opponent he could be facing. Um, Ronald Jones did get more work in that game as well than what he has been previously. So I I think it could be a slow transition, slower than what m- many people thought into Ronald Jones, but I think it's happening. I'm not sold on the transition to Ronald Jones, but I do like some of your points with Royce Freeman, uh, especially considering the upside if something ever did happen to Phil Lindsay. So um, I agree. I think you've convinced me a little bit that it is more of a lateral move, but um, I think there is more. I think Peyton Barber has more value than you're giving him credit for because I don't see Ronald Jones cutting in as the season progresses. I, I think what? that happens with a lot of rookies. I just don't think they that's going to happen with him. Let's put it this way. Would you ever start Peyton Barber? Uh, no. And exactly. I would only start Royce Freeman though. Phil Lindsay. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I think I, you're going to say exactly what I'm thinking. I mean, I'm just looking, I'm thinking about my team here this week and I potentially could start Peyton Barber this week. So, <laughs> um, if I had him, but, you know, Royce Freeman, I mean, obviously if Phil Lindsay's out, he is uh, almost an automatic play from week to week. My, my thing is for a lot of teams, Peyton Barber is the guy who sits on your bench. He's below average, and you don't really ever want to put him in your lineup. Royce Freeman, same way, but he has a scenario where, you know, we just talked about Lindsay gets hurt, and boom, you're immediately throwing him in your lineup every week. Like, I feel like, it'd be more useful to have Royce on your team than Peyton Barber. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think you've convinced me. It's, it's kind of a concerning move there. Um, moving on to what do you think about, uh, I, I like the ad of Jermaine curse. I think he's just being a little overhyped by the industry and, you know, yeah, I mean, maybe he'll get more or he should be getting more target share moving forward. But um, I don't, I mean, he's another guy like he's just, just another guy that, that kind of sits on your bench and is uh, a guy that you throw in your starting lineup if you have no other choice. Exactly. I mean, I think the reason Nate picked him up is because of the injury to Anunua, which I had to confront Nate about this as I watched football with him on Sunday. I said, Nate, do you, you listen to our podcast? Do you not remember me saying Anunua's got a broken hand? <laughs> and he still <laughs> used him in his lineup. And Anunua put up zero points. Actually, he had negative 0.1 because he fumbled. Yeah. Um, and then he was done for the day. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. I would never want to start Jermaine Curse at all. Uh, Anun was the better player. He's going to miss time. But hopefully Nate has some better options here. Well, if Nate does listen, maybe he at least grew a little bit more respect after the 
great analysis by you. Was that two weeks ago or was that last episode? I can't even remember. Uh, I feel like it was almost two weeks ago, but... Um, it it might have been. Yeah, I can't remember, but um, nice nice call on your part and good, good eye. Uh, any other notables here? Just looking over the waiver wire. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, Naeem Hines, you dropped him. You think that's all, Mar- are all Marlon Mack now? Is that why you dropped Naeem? So I was watching the Colts, and my problem with this team is that it's just like it's such a crowded backfield. Like, so Marlon Mack's back, and yeah, the guy had, certainly has the knack for getting hurt, and he could totally get hurt again. But you still have, like, you have Robert Turbin who's hot getting in the mix. You have Jordan Wilkins. You have Naheem Hines. Like, Naheem Hines could very well, like, Marlon Mack could very well get hurt. And Hines moving forward is used only on passing downs. And if not, you know, maybe not all of the passing downs. Now, I see the argument for him, right? It's a full PPR. Uh, the Colts running game is awful. They're going to be playing, playing from behind a lot. Uh, but I, I just, the, I, I'm, I'm, I thought Marlon Mack ran extremely well um, in his first, in his, in, in this game the other day. And as long as Marlon Mack's healthy, I see really no value moving forward with Naeem Mines. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I added Frank Gore, uh, who, as we should all know at this point, is taking that lead back role uh, down in Miami. So, you know, you saw it last week. The coaches have came out and said it. I mean, Kenyon Drake had an awful, awful fumble on the goal line um, the other day. So it all adds up in my eyes to Frank Gore having – he's going to be touchdown dependent, but I really am just looking to – fill that that second running back spot until until Fournette comes back so uh you know I think Gore is a guy that could score a couple touchdowns over the next few weeks I think he's got a pretty good matchup this week we'll get into that in a minute when we go into matchups but um I think there's a little bit of value there that um that was worth you know picking him up off the waiver wire okay um and then somehow Antonio Callaway was out there. Uh, Caleb <laughs> dropped him at some point, and he was out there. <laughs> uh, another player I tried to trade for from Caleb at one point, and he goes ahead and drops him. So, thank you. Nice, <laughs> right? <laughs> I will pluck him right off the waiver wire. <laughs> Although I'm starting to get down on Callaway at this point, like the guy hasn't Drops. really. Yeah, I mean he's dropping the ball. Like I don't know. I'm starting to kind of buy into the Antonio Callaway on hard knocks, which was the guy that, you know, just kind of seemed lost all of training camp. And like, you know, who knows? I feel like he's almost like a guy that could be pretty, like pretty or really good next year or even year three. But he just seems like a guy that's taking his time adjusting to the NFL. So I don't know how much confidence I really have in throwing him out there, especially into my starting lineup. And I don't, entirely blame uh caleb for dropping him i'm considering starting him this week all right we'll see what happens with that good luck yeah against tampa bay uh lastly albert wilson 
Do you yes. think that it's more points chasing going after Albert Wilson like this, or do you think he has legitimate value and can produce week to week? It's sporadic. I would never feel good about putting on my starting lineup. Um, it's too easy. Is that Dennison? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Yep, it is. Okay. And he's starting yep. him. He's got him in his lineup too. Whoa. Over, I mean, oh, I guess a lot he's, of buys. <laughs> he's got Allison and Baldwin on by, and he literally has no other receiver on his roster. So I guess he has to. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, well, there you have it. <laughs> Interesting week for Dennison. Yes, absolutely. Although he could still pull it off here. He's got some pretty nice matchups here for his guys. All right, so I think that takes us off of waiver wire. Let's go into uh, upcoming matchups here, Derek. Uh, and going into week seven, just because we were already looking at Dennison's team. Jump right there. Uh, just ju- go straight to his matchup here. So it's Dennison versus Lennon. Uh, Dennison's three and three. Lennon's two and four. Uh, could this be the week that Lennon really starts to uh, uh, fall fall to the bottom here? And just looking at the overall mat- the overall matchup between the two, I would argue Dennison still has an opportunity to pull it out and and get the win. Absolutely, um, Lennon is in bad shape. He's got Jared Cook, Derek Carr, and Antonio Brown on by. Um, and Cooper Cup is on IR. So this is a team that's about to get demolished. You look at his matchups. He's starting Carson Wentz against Carolina and Dak Prescott against Washington, two teams that are pretty good defensively. And then he has uh, – you disagree? I mean, I think that Washington secondary is nothing – special by any means uh josh norman even got benched that other week and i think that the cowboys can certainly run the ball against them so and carson wentz i mean again carolina probably has a better run defense right but i feel like their pass defense really isn't that that formidable so i don't know i could see carson wentz putting up 20 two points this week against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, and especially because they're probably going to be, he's going to have more pass attempts considering that uh, Philadelphia run game. And then Dak Prescott, I mean, he looked a lot better in the game the other day. Uh, I don't expect him to light it up by any means, but I can see him putting up 15 points this week as well. So realistically between the two, you're getting about 40 points. Um, but again, you know, I, I think those guys can light it up. I just don't think he has enough firepower uh, on the rest of his team here, you know, going through it with Sammy Watkins, who is completely, you know, uh, again, he, he, it's just his workload and his volume really isn't going to be a, is that impressive uh, to confidently start him week to week. I do like Galladay, though, uh, even against this Miami secondary that's underrated. Yeah, I mean, Galladay is a good play. Um, what's staring me straight in the face is Jordan Howard against New England. Yeah. Yeah, that, that I, mean, doesn't I think look everyone's like talking matchup. about him this week, right? I think that's kind of the buzz in the industry right now is Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard. 
Yeah. Uh, two weeks running where Tariq Cohen outsnaps him. I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. I, I don't know what's going on there, um, but it's not looking too good for Jordan Howard. I mean, if this was a half PPR or a non PPR, I wouldn't be as concerned. But being in a full PPR with Jordan Howard and the way that he's playing right now, like I don't think you can play him. Like I, I mean, looking at, <laughs> I understand why Lennon went out and got Peyton Barber, but what I don't understand is that he has an empty bench spot, right? He does. So why did he drop Royce Freeman? Because I would argue this would have been the a decent opportunity to have the option to choose Royce Freeman or Peyton Barber over Jordan Howard. Yeah, uh, that doesn't make any sense. Maybe he's trying to give him one more week. But again, I don't understand the drop, uh, considering he has that extra bench spot. Looking over here at Denison's team, anything stick out to you specifically that we should take note of in general? Yep. Uh, Jared Goff against San Fran, great matchup. And Joe Mixon against <laughs> Kansas City, another great matchup. Yeah. Uh, I think he's got yes. some pretty – and carry on Johnson I think is a sneaky play. Miami's run defense is – Terrible. They're, 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 their secondary is good. Their run defense is not good. Uh, and I could totally see them trying to trying to get on Johnson really going here, and he's already had a good game or two, right? So I think that he's had really three good games. You know, week three over a hundred yards. Week four, yeah, fifty yards, but also scored a touchdown. Week five, another seventy rushing yards. Uh, you know, not to not to mention he's getting a little work in the passing game too. Not a whole lot, but. The guy's running well, and he, he's got decent vision between the tackles. I think this is a spot where Carrion Johnson, you know, turns some heads here. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And uh, it's not like Denison really has any other choice. His other option is Deion Lewis, and he's borderline droppable. Yeah. You think uh, this, this could be the week that Mike Evans goes off? Yeah, I do. Uh, Cleveland secondary is average, I'd say. I wouldn't call it good or bad. And, yeah, I feel like Jameis Winston is going to pepper him with targets. He didn't do it last week, which was a surprise to a lot of people because he loves Mike Evans. But um, I think he'll do it this week. We were talking about it a lot last week where I felt like Jameis Winston was just going to force feed Mike Evans the whole game. And, you know, even if he didn't score, he was – going to get a whole lot of volume and he really didn't get i mean he went 458 it's not absolutely terrible but it's not no, good yeah it's not average um not something not the kind of you know numbers you're expecting out of your best wide receiver on your roster now i think this could be the game though that mike evans goes out and scores two touchdowns gets his first multi-touchdown game so um I don't know. When talking DFS from a DFS standpoint, he might be a good might be a good guy to throw into a DFS lineup here. Yeah, absolutely. Ownership will be low after some consecutive bad weeks, especially against the Falcons there. So yeah, it could be a nice nice little alt move there. Uh, yeah. All right, let's. And looking yeah. over real quick, I see James White. I yep. Don't remember our bet last week. Did I bet on James White or Sony Michelle? 
Well, no, what we were going to do is – so you you bet on James White. I, I said uh, Sony Michelle. So you were definitely right then. Yeah, I, I think they were close though, right? But I they, think they Michelle were. definitely scored more. I um, think Michelle was like 18 and James was 14. Uh, let's look right now. Who has Sony Michelle in our league? Uh, Nate does. Nate's got Sony Michelle. I thought Michelle had more than that. I could be wrong. Well, he certainly did not start him if he has him. Oh, wait, no, I'm looking at Kuhar's team. Wow. <laughs> it's because of his team name, Nick, Nick Nolte hates. Sorry so about weird. that, guys. <laughs> All right, so I don't even I don't even know what that means. I really don't get that. No, it's probably some some sort of cryptic, you know, EDM <laughs> message here. Uh, twenty two point six is what it was. All right, so twenty two point six out of Sony Michelle, and what James White have like fourteen point two. Fourteen. All right, man. So yeah, told you, got you. Me. you got me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that, and I think moving forward, like they, that's the guy they want to want to get it to more. Like he's certainly the main guy and he's going to out snap James White moving forward. So you, I would have to agree with that. Absolutely. And All I, right, so... I apologize for not doing DFS with you. I legitimately thought I had lost my last money in DFS for the, for the week. Um, Cause I checked it like three 30 and I was in the lose column in all of them. And then I check Monday morning and I won in everything. So, Oh, wow. Uh, Todd Gurley. You must have a lot of four o'clock guys. Yeah. It was, it was just Todd. So I, I did like a 50, 50 and I placed in that. And then I got some free voucher to some tournament. It was like 222,000 people. And I placed six, 6,000. So it was like five bucks off something. Wow. I didn't even pay for it. So I felt great. Nice, man. Good for you. That's a huge win. Yeah. Um, a win's a win too, man. Like, and and that's what it's all about. So, you know, we're we're here to you know, uh, go ahead and you know pay for a, a load of laundry, right? It's, that's right. Not doing anything crazy here, but uh, at the end of the day, you know that 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 gets it done. So, good job. Thanks, sir. So let's let's go ahead and uh, move on. Look at Carl and Nate's matchup. Uh, so just pulling it up here uh, again. Going back to Sony Michelle, I think Sony Michelle looked great last week. Uh, I don't think he's going to put up the same kind of production though against Chicago. Um, any any feel for Sony Michelle being a contrarian play here, or is he a guy that in for instance, Nate's Nate's conversation. Would you bench Sony Michelle for Corey Clement? No, um, I wouldn't either. <laughs> and <laughs> Sony Michelle, he's talented, and uh, yeah, Chicago's a phenomenal defense, probably the best in the league. But Frank Gore just annihilated them on the ground, and I don't think he yeah. had anything special. So I would take yeah. my chances with Sony. Yeah, I think he's a guy you, you keep in the lineup. You don't get cute and try and play Corey Clement over him. Michelle is, is going to, you know, I can't believe I'm saying this about a Patriots back, but he's going to get the snap count uh, that you can at least rely on as an RB2 here. So 
Uh, and I, I would expect that the Patriots come out and try and establish the run um, and then and then take him over the top as the game progresses. So I, I, I like him. He's decent. What about, I mean, your favorite player here, TJ Yeldon? <laughs> yeah. Um, good for Carl. <laughs> yes, play TJ Yeldon until Fournette's back in the lineup and never take him out. I mean, that's, that's he's all. still not that good, but he produces. He doesn't have to be good to produce fantasy. I think we talked about this with the last week, though. I, I felt like Dallas was going to do pretty decent against him, and it looks like they they did a pretty good job. Um, yes and no. Um, numbers, fantasy points wise, yes, but he didn't get the work. He only had eight rushes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Blake Bortles sucks. So again, that like that's that's what I'm factoring in though. Like, you know, I felt and and the other thing too is yeah, he got eight rushes. They're 41 yards, which that's good, good. right? It's like four and a half yards carry, but um, I felt like that number would have came down if they would have had to. Uh, if they if they tried to run the ball more and if the game didn't get out of hand like it did, uh, and I I really don't I think the Dallas defense is um, a little underrated uh, and don't get enough credit for for what what they are uh, and they're only going to get I mean I don't know if Sean Lee's coming back anytime soon but if he does you know watch out because then that's a pretty awesome linebacker crew. Yeah, yeah, I. I agree. They are underrated, and they've performed super well this year. Um, yeah, and the Jags are terrible. I mean, Blake Bortles is running their team into the dirt. The loss of their two offensive linemen has been more impactful than I think a lot of people realized it would be. How about um, how about Carl, though, not playing Latavius Murray against me? Yeah. I I mean I think that might actually be a product of him not realizing that Dalvin Cook got was was um, not going to play uh, just because it was relatively late news there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, twenty two points. He's arguably the best handcuff in fantasy. Thought he'd be uh, employing them there. Uh, you, would you agree with the assessment, though, that Latavius Murray is the best handcuff in fantasy? TJ Yeldon. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got both of them. He does. He's the handcuff master over here. Um, and, and the funny thing is he doesn't even have any of the uh, starting running backs. He just has everybody's handcuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. except for Alex Collins, but Alex Collins plays the level of a handcuff. So Exactly. Yeah, I mean <laughs> – I, yeah, I do think that TJ Yeldon's a better handcuff than Latavius Murray, um, in all honesty. And I disagree. Okay. I think the Vikings are a better offense to be in, uh, much more functional. And so they're going to be in situations that are favorable, favor- more favorable for Latavius Murray than situations that Jacksonville, Jacksonville will be in for TJ Yeldon. So because of the situations, I would argue Latavius Murray is the better better option there. I think the O-line is better in Jacksonville, even though there's these injuries on it. And 
TJ Yeldon gets work in the passing game. Latavius Murray is kind of a zero there. Um, and I think Jacksonville likes to run the ball on the goal line more than the Vikings. So I, I disagree. All right. So uh, we're going to have to do another wager on this here or actually do a fan duel head-to-head against each other <laughs> yes. where uh, the next time Dalvin Cook is out. So we're going to have to just be on alert for that if he's called out for this week. And as long as Fournette's out, we're going to have to play a lineup where each of us uh, go head-to-head with Murray and Yeldon. All right. All right. So for sake of time, let's go to Tackett and Caleb here. So Tackett and Caleb. Uh, oh man! Wow. Looking looking at this here, I Caleb's team just doesn't excite me. It Although is so I think bad. I think that the problem is that he's playing Willie Sneed and Crabtree, and in my opinion, for <laughs> Caleb to for Caleb to have a shot at beating Tackett. He needs to guess which one of those guys ends up performing. And he needs to guess the right guy. And then he should be putting in John Brown over one of – I mean, he literally has three Baltimore receivers. So you can't – and I would argue John Brown is the best of those three. Would you not agree? Okay. So you're going to have to put John Brown in over one of those guys – if it were me, I would keep Sneed. I would probably bench Crabtree and put John Brown in over him. How do you feel about making that move? Uh, I guess. Um, I'm just looking at his team. I, I don't know how it could be much worse. I mean, this is really bad. When when <laughs> when your receiving options are John Brown, Michael Crabtree, Willie Sneed, and Cole Beasley, are you serious? Yeah. Just bad moves. Like, I mean, I guess Devontae Adams would have been in one of those spots there, but still. still, I'm not really sure. I mean, I feel like I, I, if I can remember correctly, I think he reached really high on Ajayi. Uh, first round. You're kidding. No, it was his very first pick. I don't believe that. Um, I wish it would show me on their page on here where he was drafted. I I can't even Here it hold is. on. Uh drafted number oh second round, number fourteen overall. That's still ridiculous. It okay. Is. It so is this ridiculous. is that that's Caleb's problem, is he just, you know, has no concept of who he's drafting. No. Uh, I'm sorry, Caleb. Um, but your team is overperformed and I suspect another loss and it doesn't help the league, so you're also doing a disservice to the league in the sense that Tackett is now going to be 7-0. So I want to point uh, something else out. Tevin Coleman, I'm looking, he drafted him third round. You're kidding. Nope. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I don't even know how he won three games. Like, That's how, what we've been how, saying. How did he start off 3-0? and Like, it just blows my mind. Yeah. I mean, his quarterbacks are fantastic, but everything else is awful. Like, absolutely awful. All right. Um, so, the poop platter of Caleb's team, not looking so fantastic here. Uh, like, my question well, to you, though, is, I mean, I mean, this is how I feel. Denver's defense is not good against the run. 
Uh, you got David Johnson going tomorrow night up against Denver defense on a short week. Whoa. Like, if I were the Cardinals coaches, I would run David Johnson into the ground against Denver defense. How do you feel about David Johnson having a really nice week this week? Well, you see, Mark, you are a smart, knowledgeable human being. Something the Cardinals coaches are not. They're <laughs> dumbasses. They'll probably throw the understand. ball 40 times. <laughs> they are as about as bad as it gets. <laughs> and straight to uh, Chris Harris and Bradley Roby, I'm sure. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, let's target the best corners on the opposite team and let our rookie quarterback throw to our rookie receiver. <laughs> yeah, good good one. Poor, poor Fitzgerald, man. That's all I can think. Yeah, it's uh, it's a sad ending for Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, it is. So uh, I, I expect Tackett's team to uh, to cruise once again here. Uh, although Ooh. Marvin Jones is probably the only play that I'm kind of like iffy on. But, you know, again, in his scenario, what are you going to do? And Marvin Jones is like so like it's going to be a boomer bust play like it just it depends totally on what happens that secondary is certainly good but if he just draws one good matchup and makes one you know nice nice move like he's a guy that could go 3 for 72 in a touchdown so yeah he's been pretty underwhelming um I was pretty high on Marvin Jones I was targeting him in drafts in the offseason and thank God I didn't get him in any. I missed. Um, and I, I mean, I didn't expect Galladay to overtake him the way he has. Yeah. I, I mean, I knew Galladay was going to cut into it, but I didn't think that it was going to be this bad because he's just not getting the looks now. Or he's getting the looks, but it's not as much as what he used to have. And I feel like he's a guy that, for in order for him to be truly productive, he needs the volume a little bit more. Um, at least, you know, seven, eight, nine targets a game. So, yeah. And, uh, and not to mention, this is an away game in Miami. Uh, Stafford <laughs> is notoriously bad on the road. So, yeah. Uh, I wonder if he has as bad road splits as Ben Roethlisberger. It's pretty close. It's it's very close, and a lot of people don't look at it. You know who else has bad road splits? Matt Ryan. Yeah. Really? Really. And All right. six of his last ten games are on the road. That's interesting. Yes. Uh, that's always – that's that's good food for thought, uh, not only from a season-long standpoint, but moving forward when I'm thinking about DFS plays. I guess I never really thought about other quarterbacks besides Ben Roethlisberger having bad road splits. So I have to pay attention to that a little bit more. Good call. Yeah, there, there you have it. Hopefully we'll win some money now. <laughs> Yep, exactly. Uh, <laughs> let's look at your matchup. So, I actually like what Andres is trying to going to try and do against you here What's he uh, with Matt Breida and Marlon Mack. Uh, I think that I mean, here's the problem. I think Breida and Mack this specific week have really tough matchups: the Rams defense and the Bills run defense. Both of those run defenses are ones to not really mess with. Um, so I, I like what how he's trying to piecemeal his running backs. It's just I don't think it's going to work out this week uh, because he's he's really struggling. Like the, I mean, 
he doesn't have a legit running backs at this point because he just drafted poorly when it came to his running back situation. Yeah, he attacked wide receiver and quarterback really early and fast. Um, it ignored running back completely, and he's gotten lucky to be four and two. Honestly, I can't believe he's four and two because uh, I don't think his team's that good. But I, I don't know his he's. He's been trying to trade for running back, but they're so hard to come by now. It's like, what do you do? And yeah, Breda, good play. Um, I think he has to play him every game from now on, but it's a toss up between Mac, Kenyon Drake, Lamar Miller in his second spot. Breda's going to get hurt again, man. Um, for sure. He's just another hobbled guy. And. So uh, when you take him out, then you have to decide between Kenyon Drake and Lamar Miller. Uh, so I don't know. That's not a fun situation to be in. I think he needs to go ahead and make a trade. But he does. Um, and you got to play. You got to play Breda while you can because when he's on the field, he's been pretty I agree. productive. But even against the Rams, you have to. You have to. Just, you have to still throw him into the lineup just because of the way that he is playing. So right. Uh, how about how about looking at your team though? Uh, and my boy Chris Godwin, not not showing him <laughs> any love here this week, throwing him on the bench. What's uh, going on with that? It it could change. I don't know. I mean, he was awesome last week. I played him last week. I played. I know. A- Allen Robinson killed it last week. I mean, it was great. Um, but a Rob against New England, I like that. I feel like they're gonna have to throw. Um. Honestly, if T.Y. plays, which I don't know if he's going to, they don't have the questionable tag next to him. Um, but we're not supposed to know until Friday if he's really going to play. That's what he said himself. So I don't know why ESPN doesn't have any mark next to him. Um, if he plays, I'll obviously yeah. play him. But, yeah, I, I just don't see any room for Godwin in the starting lineup here. Well, I think in looking at it, I would consider Godwin over Robinson. Um, I don't know. I've got, I've obviously, if anyone's ever listened to this before, knows that I've got um, uh, a deep crush on Chris Godwin in the sense that I just think he, I, I just think he's at like athletically and just naturally like a good player. Uh, and the Buccaneers are starting to finally uh, respect that and give him some love and, so, I don't know. I'm a fan. He's going against Cleveland. You've got Jameis Winston in your OP. It's a nice little quarterback-wide receiver combo. If they hit, you pretty much win the game. So, uh, I don't That's know. I, I like the idea of having that correlation play between Winston and Godwin. And Godwin is comparably good enough to Allen Robinson. In my opinion, he's better. But uh, And then you think it, Dalvin Cook's uh, going to play. And if he does, are you starting him over Mark Ingram? Screw that guy. No, no, like <laughs> fuck Dalvin Cook. I am so tired of this shit with him not playing. Like, y- y- can can you play in an NFL game? Because if you can't, go fucking retire. Just get off my goddamn team. Like, <laughs> what is I, – I don't get it with this guy. Like, plays on a snap count and then somehow during the game aggravates his injury. Was almost a lot to play this week and then last-minute scratch. Like – Fuck off. <laughs> oh, it's a hamstring injury, you know? It's a soft tissue thing, and 
I mean, look, man, I'm just as frustrated. I got Fournette. I, yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking yesterday that I was like, man, I feel bad for anyone out there that drafted Leonard Leonard Fournette and Dalvin Cook because <laughs> there's a ton of teams out there in a bunch of leagues that went Fournette first round, like on that turn, like if they had the ninth yeah. pick or something like that, picked Fournette at nine and picked, you know, Cook at um, at 15. Like totally can see that on a bunch of teams. So, um, so. that would really suck. And I could have easily been a victim of that myself, even in this league, considering I did go after Fournette. And I think I picked Gordon over Cook, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to go back and look at it, but – um, I'm so glad I got Melvin you Gordon did. instead of Dalvin or, Cook. Or no, you didn't. You picked him. I messed up. I took Cook, and then the next pick you took Gordon. Wow. Okay. So yeah. I got lucky that you took Cook because I probably would have gone Gordon anyways just because of his usage, but still. Uh, yeah. All right. So, so let's go I, ahead. And, yeah. I'm looking at Cream Hunt right now, and this is something that I wanted to bring up to you that's kind of frustrating to me. The fact, nothing to do with him. Kansas City, man, they've been flexed into a primetime game three weeks in a row now. Like, <laughs> I get that Mahomes is a hot thing, but that's pretty messed up that you're going to flex them every single week into a primetime game because ESPN's obsessed with Patrick Mahomes. Like, other teams need to have that spot too. I, I just think it's ridiculous. It, it infuriates me. There's other good teams out there. It's I don't know. I just think it's stupid. I've never seen it done before where the same team is flexed in the nightcap every week. Oh, it happens. I mean, you uh, you look at uh, the Cowboys in the '90s. They were probably in every time prime time spot. Uh, the Patriots, the Packers these days are always in those prime time kind of games, whether it's Sunday night or Monday night. Um, but three so, weeks in a row, I've never seen that. Hey, man, Patrick Mahomes, he's the most talked about player in the NFL right now. So, uh, <sighs> I don't know. I don't, it doesn't bother me. It's not like Kareem Hunt's hurt or anything. Like, I'm not really sure why you're complaining. I just want to see other teams play. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> in the afternoons, you're stuck with either watching the local games or red zone. You don't get full games. And – the nightcap is like your chance to see some teams you normally get don't get to see the full look of. And when they just keep throwing Kansas City in there or the Patriots, it's like <laughs> you're not gaining it, – It's it or when they down. play each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty uh, – I got to add to that too. We both have terrible in-market coverage. Like you've got probably what, the Browns, the Bengals? Yes. And I've got the Giants and the Jets. Like, that's just... That's even worse. Yeah, that's worse than what you have. At least, like, you, like, might get the Steelers every once in a while. Like, it's bad, though. It's pretty bad for both of us. Um, All right, so we got on a tangent there. Let's go back. So, (laughs) um, all right. How do you like my acquisition of Jameis Winston? It's a good move, man. Like, you know, he got him at an all-time low. And, uh, you know, I think that he's going to definitely air it out. He's going to probably have some duds in there in the meantime. Like, he's not going to show up every week. Uh, But, you know, looking at his schedule moving forward, he's got Cleveland, Cincinnati, Carolina, 
you know, Washington, the Giants, San Francisco, Carolina again, New Orleans. Um, you know, the only problem I could foresee is maybe against Baltimore in the playoffs. Uh, and then Dallas could be maybe not as high scoring as people, um, or, or it could be a very low scoring game. So I would probably just worry about him in the playoffs, but you know, for the rest of the season, that's, that's going to be a pretty good play. Yeah. And the thing is it, it doesn't even matter for them if they're facing a high scoring offense because their defense is non-existent. So it's like he has to throw that's, that was, yeah, that was the whole basis on me getting him and. I honestly, I, I feel like this is the final piece to the puzzle here. Like, I feel like I don't want to trade. Yeah, it was a good move. And, you know, hopefully you'll have some weeks where you throw Chris Godwin back into the mix and both of them <laughs> can cash in for you. Man, maybe I have to trade him to you because you're obsessed. Well, send me an offer because clearly I'm a big fan. Um, but I also, you know, when it comes to trades, which I'll address in a second here, um, I'm pretty – uh, I'll still pretty stay pretty level-headed and even keel, which I think my Darnold trade is still starting to, you know, it's starting to come no. around here now. It's starting no. to come around. Darnold put up 18 points for me um, in my starting lineup last week. Uh, <laughs> again, this is an OP, this is an OP matchup, and he had 18 points the week before. So now he's gone back-to-back weeks with 18 points, and let's i mean what what is edelman done edelman's probably i think he had a 16 point game this last week but i don't think he had a great game the week prior it's it's julian edelman man i mean he's tom brady's top target and the thing is it's not so much about the fact that of what he's doing now i feel like you could have given andres almost anybody off your bench for darnold maybe um yeah. but i feel pretty good about it i still Basically, at the end of the day, I still added points to my starting roster here, and yeah. it's gonna be. It was hard for me week to week to fit Julian Edelman. He's like a borderline. He's a borderline guy that's gonna be in your starting roster. He's a low end wide receiver three. Uh, in a game where New England put up forty three points, he put up sixteen fantasy points. Uh, so against the Kansas City Chiefs, so yeah. I don't know, man. He's he's getting old, you know. He's he. They're not gonna. They're gonna try and keep him fresh for the postseason. Uh, for me to go ahead and acquire Sam Darnold, a quarterback that again I think is gonna be, you know, right around top fifteen quarterback when it's all said and done, uh, in a league where you literally can't pick up a quarterback besides Josh Allen in the free agency. Um, <laughs> Or Derek, uh, Derek Anderson, who I didn't even know still played football. Brocktober, um, man. You know, I, I I feel pretty good about it. So I will gladly defend that that decision still to this day. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was I was about to start questioning you why you weren't playing Eli Manning, but uh, I saw everything I need to see Thursday night. Well, let's look at my matchup because I will be starting him this week because I have no choice. Uh, and probably the best week, Russell Wilson's on a bye. Um, And Sam Darnold's playing Minnesota. So I know Minnesota hasn't played that well, but it's still Minnesota defense. There's great talent there. I'm a Vikings fan. Um, I'm already playing the Vikings defense on my team. So 
for me, I refuse to play quarterback against the starting defense that I'm playing. Uh, I don't like any of the other defenses out there over the Vikings in free agency. So benching Darnold uh, and going with the Vikings defense, thinking that Bethard uh, can, you know, get some garbage time points, assuming that they're playing from behind. Uh, I thought he looked pretty well, pretty good the other day. Um, he had a beautiful ball, a uh, yep. deep throw, 40 yards down the field to Marquise Goodwin. Like, dude, they showed the Skycam footage of this. It was incredible. It was unbelievable. Like that would that must have been so much fun just making that throw. <laughs> like, it was just, <laughs> it was just spot. It was right on. So um, he's playing I'm, I'm well right happy. now. Yeah, yeah, he's playing well. And Eli Manning against Atlanta. Like obviously, that's if if I'm gonna play Eli Manning, like this is probably one of the best times that I could try and throw him into the starting lineup. Now it's concerning that it's on, you know, Monday night football because totally see Eli Manning just getting shredded, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, This, I think it could be also a bounce back game. I've I've overall not too confident that I'm going to pull it out against Jack though this week. Um, You know, I just, Anytime you're going up against a guy that has Gurley, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, uh, he's also got Matt Ryan. Uh, you know, I'll talk about quarterbacks that are playing well. Matt Ryan's playing pretty, playing pretty nicely, uh, and he's at home, so you know, don't have to worry about that stat. Uh, I think he's got this one in the bag against me here. So, just as my when I thought my team was starting to hit its stride, probably going to put up a, an L against Jack here. I'm I'm trying to look at your team because I don't think you're that far off, man. I don't think I, I am. I, I think I definitely have a shot, close. but I don't, I don't think I'm going to get blown out by any means. Um, but I'm, you know, I I absolutely need my quarterbacks to show up. Like Eli Manning and C.J. Beathard both need to give me 20 points um, for, for me to could. have a shot. And they could, yeah. But uh, it's very possible that Eli gives me five and Beathard gives me four. So uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's all going to come down to what happens with my quarterbacks. My question for you, though, is because I'm having a tough time with this. I think, I, I, you know, I think my starting lineup right now is the people I'm throwing out there. But I had to take – uh, it, it, it took me some time to put in Taylor Gabriel over Nelson Aguilar. The reasoning and justification for me putting him in is just felt like every time I watch the Bears play, um, they're designing and they are running plays in Taylor Gabriel's name. Like they are literally putting the ball in his hands on screen plays, which that's a great sign for me because that is um, automatic and uh, sure volume where Nelson Aguilar um, he gets his name called, but not like that. And there's other mouths to feed in that offense. Um, and that, and Carson Wentz is just further along than Trubisky. So I don't know. What do you think about Taylor Gabriel going in over Nelson Aguilar? Well, as you know, I'm not a Nelson Aguilar fan. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't like him. And the Bears' offense is designed around spreading the ball out um, yeah. and figuring out how to get it in the skill 
the skilled players' hands, the most athletic guys like Tariq Cohen and Taylor Gabriel. Um, they make it happen. And if you know you've got a guy who's going to be force-fed the ball, you have to play him. Yeah. Especially over Nelson Aguilar. Yep. So that's the thought process there. We'll see how it plays out. I'm not getting cute with it and trying to start Kiki against the Jags. Uh, and, you know, a Tyreek Hill and Golden Tate, you have to play. So I think my starting awesome lineup's case. set, and I just have to go out and acquire a kicker here once, uh, once Leonard Fournette gets uh, officially declared out and I can put him on my IR spot. Well, you, you do know that my kicker put up 27 points last week, right? Yeah, I'm sure I'll put up 27 more again this week, according to yeah. uh, if, if you're a points chaser. <laughs> hey, I'll trade him to you for Juju. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's do that. I'm uh, sold. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm a, I'm a Beathard fan. Do you know I'm an Iowa fan? Uh, no, I did not know that. Why are you yep. an Iowa fan? My dad is from Iowa. Wow. Okay. I really yeah, love so. how Iowa does the wave to the hospital. I think that's a pretty cool thing that they do. And um, that that's quickly caught a lot of national attention. So shout out to yeah. Iowa. <laughs> shout out to Iowa. <laughs> Uh, Ernie oh. Sims is from Iowa, right? The mediocre linebacker from the Detroit Lions a couple years ago. Like, oh, when God. I say couple, like 10. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure. And that's such a strange call out. <laughs> Why Ernie Sims? Well, I remember him and Chad Greenway. So, Chad Greenway was good Greenway. for the Vikings for a good, good yep. period of time. So, um, I remember both of them getting drafted like within the same round and both coming out of Iowa. And I was like, wow, that's kind of bold for two linebackers on the same team to be drafted like virtually back to back. But yeah. And uh, Dallas Clark and then they're known for tight ends, Clark and then Kittle. And then their tight end now Noah Fant is a projected first round. Wow. So, okay. so yeah. they got a little bit of talent coming out of there uh, every, every year. So too bad they can't oh, yeah. put it together when it comes to winning games, but oh. yeah. <laughs> All right, so Kuhar and Jimmy, let's wrap this up here. Hold on, you you said you had a little uh, call out to make, right? Oh yeah. So everyone, this is uh, I gotta say, um, you know, I've heard about uh, Jack trying to go after these trades here, and I think it's disrespectful, like. <laughs> I'm I'm not Kuhar. Um, you know, I'm not an idiot and I'm not gonna just, you know, bite on a trade that completely is one sided and uh, makes absolutely no sense. So the trade was uh Jack sent me uh an offer for George Kittle and Mike Davis for Leonard Fournette. Uh <laughs> So, like, yeah, like, Leonard Fournette's not playing right now. But when Leonard Fournette comes back, like, like the whole premise of my team is, like, when Leonard Fournette comes back. Like, that's the whole point of my team. Like, if Leonard Fournette doesn't come back, my team's not going to win our league. Leonard Fournette comes right. back, I have a chance at winning uh, and a good chance. Um, so, like, for me to trade Leonard Fournette away for – like, I don't even need a tight end. I have David Njoku. Uh, he's reliable. And George Kittle, like, there's really not a, a, a difference between those two guys. And Mike Davis from Seattle, who is a backup running back in a below-average uh, running situation. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, what the hell? 
like is this are you being serious or are you just trying to like you know upset me enough to get on the podcast um <laughs> i think you're being serious though and it's a really stupid trade so yeah he's he's been asking a lot for kittle i i a lot of the tight end needy teams have been going to him to try to get kittle because he's got kelsey and at one point i think nate said that he told him that he would have to give him sony michelle for kittle and aaron jones and it's turning everybody away from ever trading with him. So I don't know if that's the point. If Jack's like, look, fuck everyone. I don't want to trade. Or if he thinks that somebody's going to eventually basically trade them in RB. I didn't for propose him a trade though. Like he literally, he's, I just, you know, I logged in today and saw this. Um, so it's like, it was an out of the blue trade request that makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, I don't really get how that works for you at all. It doesn't work for me. It's just a stupid offer in the first place. So, I mean, look, like if you want Leonard Fournette, sure, like give me, you know, um, Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. Like, you know, like <laughs> if you want Fournette, like you need to give up pieces. Like you can't just fucking dump your bench trash onto someone. So – um yeah just a little psa and just kind of like calling someone out for some stupid shit but <clears throat> all right so jack jack we'd love to hear from you leave us a voicemail at some point yeah you're a regular listener love to hear like if you can justify why someone would trade leonard Fournette from mike davis and george kittle um love to hear you try and defend that but um all right cool so kuhar and jimmy uh, do we think Kuhar is going to be Jimmy? I think so. Uh, yeah, let me take a look. Mm, it's going to be close. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I mean, he's just – the problem with Jimmy is he's, like, a little too dependent on the Patriots right now because – like, all you need is for a game – like, Brady and Gronk haven't really been connecting like they need to be. And, like, Brady could easily go out and put up 10 points and Gronk another, you know, eight, uh, which isn't, like, the end of the world. But um, you're taking up two spots and not even scoring 20 points between a quarterback and your tight end who you invested a high pick into. So, um I don't know. I mean, his receivers, I think, actually have really good matchups, um, but and along with Zeke, but not a huge fan of Buck Allen. Uh, Deshaun Watson's going against the Jags. Brady could easily get sacked like five times against the the Bears. So, uh, and then just looking at Kuhar's team, love. Um, uh, I I think Julio actually scores a touchdown this week. So. Um, one of these weeks we have to get it right. And I, yeah, think, I, don't he, think, so. I think he scores. <laughs> I think he scores. I think he gets in the end zone and um, finally, finally, finally gets that touchdown. Um, it's interesting, though, because, <laughs> I mean, he's literally starting three Falcons. I'm so, looking at that right now. Yep. <laughs> Julio, Sanu, and Hooper. And to be honest. Ballsy. I think it can kind it can coexist and it's not as risky of a play as when you first look at it here. 
And here's why. Austin Hooper is starting to see the ball and get production. Uh, he last two games, he has nine catches each, um, one for 77, another game for 71, uh, scored a touchdown last week. Um, even if he can get five catches, for 50 yards, that's decent production out of the tight end. Uh, Muhammad Sanu. Uh, now the question is, is Muhammad Sanu like what, what's going on with this health thing? Because, um, I mean, it looks like him and Ridley are going to play, but We'll, we'll see what happens. Snooze a kind of an, kind of an old player. Uh, that's interesting because it it the scary, in my opinion, the, the reason why this is scary is because they all play on Monday night, and if Sanu right. gets you know called out um, late Sunday or early Monday, like it's too late for him to play anyone else. So that's my problem. Uh, outside of that, though, I think Julio gets the work that he normally gets. Uh, even if he doesn't score a touchdown, he can be fine. And if Sanu scores a touchdown and Hooper gets five catches for 50, I can totally see that coexisting there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, his team's looking not so shabby. A lot of Falcons, and that's a good pass-catching uh, option in all regards. We'll see. It should be a fun matchup. Um, it looks like it's, I mean, it, according to ESPN rankings, it's a push. So we'll see what happens. Um, all right, so I think that's it for matchups here. So, um, do we look at Carl and Nate? Uh, yeah, I think we did, right? Uh, oh, you know what? We did. We we talked about TJ Yeldon, right? Yep, talked about him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so we're gonna go ahead and get into voicemails. We have four voicemails here for this week, so uh, gonna go ahead and just uh, play the first one. We'll talk about that and then play. Um, each one thereafter. So uh, hold on one second, and we'll go ahead and we're going to start off with Andres here. Hey, guys, uh, this is Andres. I uh, just want to leave a message here. I wanted to call some people out. Uh, last week, you guys were pretty uh, pretty rough on me. I just want to point something out. Um, you know, you let's just skip over the fact that um, Dennison called me out for making a really – quote-unquote, uh, obvious pick. But uh, it turns out that Saquon Barkley, it, he said that he was going to be the best running back in the league. I mean, that's obviously going to be true when he's on the New York Giants. He's going to be running to the ground. So, uh, yeah, way to follow that up with a softball bull pick there. And uh, you guys conveniently ignored my David Johnson going off for two touchdowns and the Saints walloping the Redskins. Um, just also wanted to point out that Alfred Morris sucks ass and he scored zero points when Derek was trying to trade him to me all week. Uh, so yeah, screw you guys. All right. So, um, going back to what Andre said here, um, he's basically saying that he made a bunch of predictions that, uh, one of the weeks that he was on here, um, (laughs) Uh, one of them being David Johnson scoring two touchdowns um, and doing pretty well. Did that actually happen? Did he score two touchdowns one of the weeks? I, I believe that he did. Um, nice. Yeah, so he would be right with that one if he did, in fact, say that, which we really got to start checking the records. 
Yeah, we got to start like writing stuff down or something. Um, or when I, when we listen back, like kind of just remember more. <clears throat> um, and then he also called out upset Dennison. about. Yeah, he's upset that Dennison was giving a hard time about. Because didn't he predict uh, Patrick Mahomes as you know uh, a as his bold prediction for like a, being a breakout player and one of the he best did. quarterbacks in fantasy? I he mean, did. I don't like how is that not like it, it's really not that bold, um, especially because it's hindsight. Like he, you're making that prediction after the season already started. So I don't know. Yeah. I I still agree with Dennison. I do too. That prediction was in like week three. Um, and that was after Mahomes blew up the first two games. And after Mahomes his... threw ten touchdowns, it was right. he predicted that. So like, like literally, Mahomes hasn't had as good of a game as those two, except for you know, except for against New England here this week. So, um, yeah, bold prediction. <laughs> uh, and then he was calling out Dennison for being a fan of Saquon Barkley saying that Barkley was going to be a number three, but he said that Mixon was going to be the number three running back, right? By the end I of the year? I don't even know. Um, I kind of kind of confused with what exactly he was getting at, um, just besides yeah. the point. Like he said about – he said he made a bunch of great, you know, uh, predictions about David Johnson and, um, <laughs> you know, everyone else. So – and about how it wasn't – it was bold for him to predict, predict Patrick Mahomes after he threw 10 touchdowns in the first two weeks and this, that, or the other. Um, so, yeah, it was an interesting voicemail. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead and move on to, I think the next one was Caleb. uh, Caleb's first message. So, we'll play that here. Hello, gentlemen. This is Mr. Caleb Hastings. I'm calling in to address a couple of the issues that you guys mentioned in last week's podcast. One. I don't trade with this league because historically this league has been full of trade rapists. And though you are my friends on a personal level, I hardly trust you on the electronic gridiron. I would also like to bring up the fact that though my team doesn't rise to the top in the regular season, I have gone into the playoffs as the eighth seed three times. And of those three times, I have defeated the number one seed three times. Call it bad luck. Call it good luck on my part. I don't care what you call it. I have a very good win record as the eighth seed going into the playoffs. So this message was the (laughs) trade rapist message. And I don't blame him. Like, I get it. I get that he doesn't want to trade with anyone because he's probably been trade raped so many times in the past. Um, But my argument is at the end of the day, now that we have a platform where we talk about this each and every week, like part of the reason why we're doing this podcast is to provide everyone um, a level of measurement and being able to measure up some of their players, get a really a second, third, fourth opinion on their players on their team and what kind of value they hold um, to encourage more uh, proactive trading and more fair trades and smarter moves in the free agency to make the quality of the league better. Um, So now that you have a platform to be able to get a feel for what other people are saying and thinking about your team, you can start formulating better ideas on making trades 
and making offers that can be a win-win for both parties um, without one being completely one-sided. But I understand why with Caleb, going back to my point earlier about Jack, about basically him having like post-traumatic, you know, PTSD from (laughs) uh, awful one-sided trades that have happened in the history of this league. So um, I sympathize with you there. Yeah, I think he's more concerned about what he's seen happen with other people rather than himself. I don't think he's ever gotten trade raped, maybe once or twice. But yeah, he's he's very paranoid about having people call him out that he was an idiot about it. So yeah, so he just doesn't trade at all, which is even worse. Yep, and now his team is just kind of a poop platter, so I don't even know if he can work at any trades at this point because his team doesn't hold a whole lot of value. Um, but we'll see. Maybe he tries to move a receiver or something. We'll uh, all right, next, next voicemail here. Hello, gentlemen. I would like to bring up the punishments in this segment of my voicemail. Why did I get dick butt tattooed on me? One, I thought it was funny. Two, Dennison was paying for it. And three, the payout in this league is $550, yet coming in last place has no repercussions. By getting a tattoo on my ass of dick butt, I created a repercussion. I also created a seven-man tattoo league, which is a sub-league within our own Jonda League. So as far as it goes, I feel like I'm making a little bit of history here. I also would like to note that this is a friendly league for all intents and purposes. And though it is friendly and we are all friends, to have a payout of 550, you gotta have a downside. There's gotta be something negative to keep that fire under your asses during the postseason, even if you don't make the playoffs. So this voicemail uh, essentially just addressed the uh, dick butt tattoo and yep. the justification for why he did it. Which everybody listening. I hope you all have looked and realized that I adjusted our cover photo to Caleb's dick butt tattoo from his butt. So now we all have a, uh, a pretty comical league photo. Yeah, and we were talking about it before. So if anyone's listening that uh, maybe isn't in the league, which, uh, you know, just a nice shout out to uh, everyone that is listening. I don't know if it like helps create other buzz or if you guys are listening multiple times or what, but we're certainly well over the number of people in our league that are listening to our podcast now. So, um, you know, people are listening out there. Maybe it's just you guys multiple times, whatever. But, um, you know, thanks for listening. However, um, we also, or Derek did a little bit of Photoshop to make sure that, um, you know, it was a picture of the tattoo, but also not anything obscene, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yes, it was... um... Not that you, you can't see the crack. <laughs> exactly. And, the, and, and even little bits of acne are, are, uh, are photoshopped out from my understanding. So, yeah, so there's a clean cut photo. Um, just overall about that, though, uh, I think we were texting earlier, too. And I really do think it is uh, only fair for Andres to go ahead and uh just retroactively do it man like i don't know uh, it sounds like to me and I, I haven't followed it i haven't followed that part of this league as much um so far but in my eyes i feel like uh when you commit to something it sounds like you committed to it man and if you committed to it like 
got to own up to it and you got to be a man of your word. Uh, so, you know, maybe agree on something, maybe not as ridiculous as the thing that Caleb got because you're not as ridiculous as Caleb, but, um, something and it doesn't have to like maybe just somewhere, um, in my opinion. So, so here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to jump to his defense here as much as I don't want to. Um, I don't think he actually agreed to it. Okay. Uh, I, I think, I think <laughs> Caleb, Caleb forcing the, is the forcing. <laughs> yeah. Um, what does drive me nuts is that he did get last place. You do have that loser's trophy, yet he has refused to even, post even display picture. it. Like he, he wouldn't even give Caleb his address to send it to him in the mail. Like how Caleb got the address is a question mark to some. Um, but <laughs> I mean, Andres refused to give him the address, so that that's that's low. I mean, yeah, I I do think that there should be a more fun punishment than just the dick trophy, like, like the honestly, ridiculously aggressive uh, idea of getting a tattoo for the rest of your life from losing one year in fantasy. Yeah, yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly what I mean. It's too much. <laughs> there needs to be an in between for the people that won't get a tattoo. <laughs> Um, like I like something funny, like basically walking around with a billboard out or a giant po- like sign outside saying you suck at fantasy football. That'd be pretty funny. Something, man. Like, I, but I agree. Yeah, I, I at least have to, and half jokingly when I'm talking about the tattoo. But um, you know, in all seriousness, with the trophy that he sent you, like. You know, you haven't even taken a picture and shown it to everyone. So, like, you know, I'm calling you out at least as far as taking a picture of the trophy of somewhere very visible in the apartment and sending it out to everyone to prove that you're a man of your word. Agreed. He needs to do it. All right. So we'll see what Andres has to say to that. Even better. He should take a picture of the dick trophy in his living room with his parents in the living room. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I just to okay. prove that he doesn't put it into hiding when his family's around, you know what I mean? He's not putting it there for a picture and then hiding it away in his basement. So I didn't know that. I mean, I guess that makes a little bit more sense because like, you know, I don't know. I feel like if I did that with my parents, something like that, they would probably ask me like, why is that there immediately? <laughs> um, but but then uh, they'd understand after that. I don't know. Put it right? just put it like somewhere that people will see it at some point during the day. Um, like, you know, and it's not like people are. I'm sure people aren't coming over your house every single day either. Like you know, put just put it somewhere like subtle, but also like visible. Um, and get, take a picture a and send it to case. us. Just take a picture of it and send it to us in a spot that would make sense. You're, you're right. letting him off too easy. <laughs> uh, well, before I was telling him that he should own up to doing the tattoo. So I, I know, think I'm, yeah. Like if he did the tattoo and then also just like put the trophy somewhere like in the corner of his room, I'm cool with that because the tattoo is a much bigger deal. <laughs> it's a huge deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so we're gonna go to the last voicemail. Although this last voicemail, full transparency, it's pretty graphic. Um, this is Caleb <laughs> that we're talking about, so. This one gets a little graphic and also um, really doesn't have too much fantasy related content. So, uh, but enjoy. Yeah, enjoy. 
All right, this is my third of three segments. Andres Hernandez, I need pictorial proof that that tiny penis is proudly displayed on your mantle or on your coffee table or on your goddamn nightstand. The reason that we have a punishment for last place is because the payout for first place is so goddamn high and because part of this league is still about humiliation just like it was when we were fucking pledging. So, I know that you have a tiny penis. I know that I have a tiny penis and I don't give a fuck and that's why I display my tiny penis trophy for everyone to see. Also, it's not a bad sex toy, but we move on from that. The fact of the matter is that you can't have a great first place without having a negative last place and refusing to display a tiny penis trophy that many people have displayed is, is a sacrilege and it's a disrespect to the other people playing this league. Show off the tiny penis, Andres. Graphic indeed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not even really sure what to say about that. Um, you know, I would just, you know, very, yeah, pretty ridiculous voicemail. Um, I, I try and I... tie in some sort of fantasy football content. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate the personality on your end coming out, Caleb, and it's great to hear from you. Just throw, like, something about fantasy football in the voicemail, even if it's, like, a two-second little, hey, I like, you know, a uh, big fan of Wendell Smallwood or something ridiculous like that. So I think um, it's ironic that Andres' voicemail he sent us was, like, hey, guys, like, you really called me out this week and attacked me while I wasn't on the air. And then Caleb <laughs> sends a voicemail full on attacking him. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that, that played out pretty well. Um, I don't know. <laughs> They talked it all about it. I'm sure they didn't, and just you know, it's it's gonna line up perfectly well for the for the podcast sake. But it's gonna be hilarious. Um, I mean, no. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll add though. Appreciate. I mean, you know, it's great to get the the voicemails that we did. Um, you know, love love Caleb throwing in uh, all kinds of content there, and uh, Andres chipping in even when he's not uh, on air here with us. So. Uh, very excited to keep this going, guys. It sounds like, you know, really me and Derek were talking about it before we um, got online here, but it uh, really sounds like everyone's into it and um, and looking to uh, hear more. Uh, so continue to throw in those voicemails. Love, love any kind of feedback that you do have. Uh, you know, enjoyed having Dennison on uh, last week too. So if there's anyone else in the league that uh, does want to hop on and, um, allow us to kind of go, you know, dig in on uh, with their team. Uh, would love, you know, love to to continue doing that and, and welcome that as well. So, anything you want to add to that, Derek? Yeah, I mean, I think something I've thought about that I'm sure you would be open to is Commish Commissioner Jimmy joining the show at some point, yeah. giving us an opportunity to kind of, you know, uh, I guess throw him some fastballs about the future of the league and uh, what changes we can expect next season and what he thinks of his team this year and uh, the waiver wire, you know, things like that. So I, I think that'd be fun. And Jimmy's always got a lot of interesting things to say, whether he's drunk or not. Yeah. I would love to have Jimmy on as early as next week. And, you know, maybe we can get the league to rally behind that and leaving all kinds of um, voicemail grievances coming at Jimmy. So um, yeah, or questions that they want for him. That'd be awesome. And then yeah. we just have an open discussion right there about the the running of the league. I think that's a fantastic idea. So 
Um, we'll wrap things up here, but everyone go ahead, submit those voicemails, target them at Jimmy, target them at whoever you want. Um, target them at really, us. If you have yeah, to call us out. Us. Yeah, absolutely. If you strongly disagree or agree with some of the things that we're saying, um, just would love to love to hear what you what your response is there, and uh, we'll go ahead and dissect it here the uh, the following week. So, uh, anything else to to close it out here, Derek? Uh, no, I mean I think I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I hope um, Tackett starts Niles Paul, and uh, somehow um, I guess I guess he won't be starting Niles Paul. Anymore, but, <laughs> um, you know. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully loses somehow loses this week. So, um, but yeah, great, uh, great episode and looking forward to, uh, to next week, everyone. Thanks for listening. Good luck.